Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. And the people say amen. You know, when you keep quiet, I don't know if you're around or you've been, or you've been raptured. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. How are you doing? Are you good? Are you super? Or you are blessed? Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Chris. You really know how to market. <laughs> I wish I would take you around to market my books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you for inviting me uh, to be here. I arrived on Tuesday and I was speaking at SCM. And uh, it's, it's always a, a privilege to come to FGA Melbourne. And every time I come here, I find that this ministry is going to a higher and higher and higher glory. And that is a manifestation to show that the presence of God is there. Because God does promise to take us from glory to glory. I visited your sanctuary. It looks Wow. I wish I could be there on the first Sunday. It looks so beautiful. And so we thank the Lord for giving you wonderful pastors. God bless you. Let's give him a, a God bless you hand clap offering. And uh, the youth pastor, God greatly bless you. You look handsome. Yeah. I, I like your hairstyle. <laughs> Founding pastor of FGA Melbourne, I love you. Is is such is a man who you know when he tells his age. Please, when you come to Kenya, don't tell us your age because you're gonna make us to look ashamed. <laughs> he looks so young, uh, so young, so young, so young, and uh, with his uh, beautiful wife, uh, Pastor Evelyn. God bless you so much. It's always good to see you, meet with you, and work with you together. They are coming to visit us in Kenya in the month of uh, December. We're going to be having uh, an IPN meeting there. and We're really looking forward. Some of you, how many of you have never visited Africa? Where have you been going? Where have you been going? You, you want to tell me you've just been going to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide? Don't visit heaven before you visit Africa. Ensure that before you go to heaven, you visit Africa. Kenya is so beautiful, very beautiful country with very many animals. Yeah. Lions, cheetahs. Elephants. You don't have elephants here, do you? <laughs> Only human elephants. Okay. So what about tigers? Okay. Okay, you have you have kangaroos and koalas. And cro crocodiles. Wow. I think I should begin a business of exporting lions <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, I bring you greetings from my wife and uh, our ministry. I want us to go to the Word of God straight uh, on. And um, let's go to the book of um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. Then he said to Gehaz, guard up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. 31 to 35, and Gehaz passed on before them. And laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them, twine and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched upon himself the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you because your presence is here. I pray that in these uh, few minutes that you've given me, you use my mouth to ignite a passion for prayer, a passion for intercession. Baptize your people with the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, this evening, I'm sharing with us on um, why does prayer take long to be answered. Uh, there is a difference between why God does not answer prayer and why prayer takes long to be answered. As... Um, our ministry is a prayer ministry. Uh, we, we, we run a, a, a prayer tower, so we pray for nations. And uh, we also do prayer schools. And by the grace of God, I've had privilege to travel to some countries. And one of the things that has really concerned me so much has been uh, meeting people that have been praying and praying and praying and praying and believing God for an answer to prayer and nothing is happening in their lives. And uh, this makes many people to get frustrated because their prayers are not being answered. Some people have been praying for revival or an awakening to come in their cities or to come in their nations. And they've been doing it for years and they are not seeing answers coming. 
Others are praying for a beloved one. Maybe he has cancer or a certain sickness in the family. And, uh, you know, they are so burdened with it and they are praying and they are crying out to God. You know, we all believe that our God is the God of the impossible. You know, we don't have a problem with believing that. We all know and believe that God is, is powerful, is, is, is a, 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 a miracle, a wonder-working God. He, I mean, he does miracles. He does great things. Testimonies are there in Scripture to show that there is nothing that is impossible with our God. But you see, it is another thing to speak about it, and it is another thing to experience it. It's another thing. And I'm so much interested in the area of experiencing. Because Christianity is an experience. Tell that to your neighbor. Young people, I love you so much. Of course, I love you too many. So can you tell your neighbor, Christianity is an experience. <laughs> you know, we are talking about fire. Can somebody say fire? Fire. Hey, I, I'm just here. Fire. <laughs> can I hear it? Fire. fire. Now say it the African style. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you, you've been to Africa. In Africa, we say, fire, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear the young people alone. Can you say, fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Increase the volume. Increase the volume. Increase. Let's increase the volume. One, two, three, go. <laughs> You know, it's another thing to speak about the fire, but it is another thing to experience it. It's another thing to speak about the power, but it is another thing to experience the power. It's another thing to speak about the presence of God and the anointing of God, and, and it is another thing to experience it. And so one of my greatest interests is to experience what is written in Scripture. You know, uh, the, the Bible says that the word became flesh. You know, how does the word become flesh? The word becomes flesh when we begin to experience what the word is saying. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. But you still see people coming to church who look so <laughs> they don't have joy. But they are born again. They are Christians. But they have, they have no joy. They, they, are, they are so moody. And they, you know, they look like the behind of Kenyan bus. You know, Kenya buses, the behind is very ugly. Some of you, we have never seen your teeth. We don't know how your teeth looks like. Because even when you laugh, you laugh like you're crying. You laugh like this. (laughs) 
The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need to experience that joy. We are not just talking about it. You, you know, uh, 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 these things are real. They are real. The fire is real. The power of God is real. It is real. The presence of God is real. And God wants you to experience and to enjoy these things. But then you realize that in church, we have people that are facing a lot of defeat. You know? People are praying and they're not seeing answers coming. People are praying and they're not seeing breakthroughs. I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody's experiencing that. But I meet so many people and they come and they ask me. Others are praying for restoration of marriages. They are praying for the salvation of their beloved ones. They are praying for people who are sick. And, you know, at times people end up dying. Uh, not because it is the will of God, but uh, there's something that is missing there. And, you know... Uh, as children of God, we always have to sit down and ask ourselves, why are our prayers not being answered? I began to ask the Lord that question, I think, uh, this is 2018, 2016. I was so much, because people come to my office, they're always asking me these kind of questions, you know. Uh, because we do prayer schools and uh, different people from different churches they come to learn on prayer. And so people always ask about that question. And so I took a journey to ask the Lord through prayer. And the Lord began to reveal to me why prayer takes so long to be answered. Because the same thing that you can pray for and get it in, uh, in, uh, in six months, it can take you ten years. God can answer your prayers <laughs> okay, how many of you want God to answer you after 30 years? <laughs> Come on, raise up your hand. You, 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 you say, I don't care. Okay, how many believe in God that there is going to be a powerful revival in Australia? Raise your hand. Shout and say revival. revival. Say it again, say revival. revival. Hallelujah. Okay, how many of you wanted to come this year? How many people want to see the revival this year? Okay. How many of you don't mind? You say, let it come after 50 years. There's one hand here. <laughs> so, the principles we're going to be looking at tonight are, the, you know, some of the things that the Lord has been revealing to us as we sought him and as we began to practice these principles, then we began to see God answering prayers quickly, you know. So we are introduced to a story of the woman of Shunem here where Elijah, Elisha, used to go, used to pass through that city and after some time, uh, this woman used to host the Elisha into the house. He used to go there and eat Good food. You know, good food is good. Good food is good. And uh, so after some time, because Elisha was going there, they decided to make for him a house. And uh, I've come to realize that actually, after you eat, you can prophesy very powerfully. <laughs> I'm staying with, uh, with Sister Vivian. 
Yeah, she, she makes good food. Praise the Lord. She, she, she makes good food. So I know I'll, I'll release many prophecies. <laughs> anyway, Australians, you make good food. Everywhere I stay, it's just fantastic, wonderful hospitality. So uh, this woman was barren. They could not have children. And uh, the Bible says that they were old, you know. But one of those days when Elisha came there, she, he was so much touched because of uh, the hospitality that this uh, woman and the husband had been giving. And so, uh, and this is very, very important for you to have answered prayer, you know. Point number one, you need to have a relationship. Have a relationship with God. Have a relationship before you ask, you know. Develop and nurture the relationship. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 15 and verse 7, that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be given to you. You know, uh, don't, 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 let, let us not be people that as long as I don't have a problem, I don't need to pray. When problems show up is when I wake up and I'm telling God, oh God, please come down now. You know, you, you're going you, to get in trouble. You, you need to... Before you experience battles, have relationship, nurture that relationship with God. Actually, when you nurture the relationship with God, God will even answer your thoughts. At times, you don't have to pray. You just have to think about something, and God gives it to you. You know? I, I, I see many times God answering thoughts, my thoughts. I think about something. And, then, and, and I believe even all, most of you are seated here. At, at times, you think about something and you have it. Have you experienced that? Yeah. So, relationship is very, very, very important. So, uh, the woman came and uh, Elisha asked, what, do you, what shall we be done unto you? And uh, uh, Gehaz, the servant of Elisha, said, he doesn't, she, they don't have a child. You know? You know, it is... Uh, a, a ch children are a great blessing. The, the, the Bible says that uh, children are a heritage from the Lord. And happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. You know, when a family cannot have children, it is something that is very disturbing. You know, and I believe that this family had really gone through a lot of challenges uh, because they had waited and waited and waited to have children. That's why young people, Always respect and honor your parents, you know, because your parents love you so much. You mean so much to them, you know. So, uh, I, I remember one time we, we could not have children. And uh, I remember what we went through praying and believing every month something had happened and nothing has happened, you know. And then you wait the next month, you know. I was always looking at the womb of my wife to see whether something is happening, you know. It's so frustrating. I can't imagine the years that they went through waiting for a baby and nothing is happening, you know. And so uh, uh, the prophet of God tells this woman that um, uh, uh, around about this time next year, you're going to have a child. And uh, the woman cannot believe it, you know, because they are old. But God is faithful to his word. It came to pass that within that season, the woman conceived and 
gave birth to a, a, a boy. And uh, the boy grew. And one day they were harvesting barley in the fields. The boy went there and uh, got sick. Came back home and the child died. You know, what a tragedy. Because that devil always comes against the miracles that God has done in your life. Because miracles are always there to prove, to prove the power of God and to prove his faithfulness. So the enemy, anything that is a miracle in your life, the enemy is always going to try to come and destroy it. That's why even after you receive your miracle, uh, you have to maintain relationship with God because God who has given the miracle is the one who has the power to protect that miracle. You know, there are, don't be these people who, oh my goodness, have received my miracle. So now I, 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 stop, I stop seeking the Lord until the day that I have a crisis is the day that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek the Lord. Young people, don't only seek the Lord because exams are coming. <laughs> and you want, you want to pass exams, so you're coming to the youth pastor and you're saying, pray, pray, pray. I'm having problems with the mathematics. Release the anointing of mathematics. And then after you pass mathematics, you tell God, bye-bye, see you until the next exam. No. <laughs> you know, with or without exam, be faithful to God. Praise the Lord. Be faithful, and God will do wonders in your life. So, this woman of Shunem carried the child and took the child to the room where the prophet used to sleep and put the child on the bed and closed that room and went. You know why? I, I, I love this lady because she was so visionary to know that there was an anointing over that bed. There was a presence over that bed. So, because Elisha used to sleep there. And so she went and looked for the prophet. When she came to meet the prophet, uh, you know, just to cut the long story short, the prophet gave a, a commandment to to Gehaz, his, um, his, uh, his personal assistant, to go with the rod and go and place it on the child and the child will come back to life. And the prophet gave Gehaz instruction. As you go from this place, don't talk to anybody. You know, don't turn on the left, don't turn on the right. Even, even if somebody greets you on the way, don't even reply back to them. You know, just which instruction I don't believe Gehaz followed it. Because I know Ge Gehaz was rebellious. You know, because I, I remember one time, some, uh, Nayaman came to be prayed for for the leprosy, and uh, Gehaz still followed to get some gold from him. So that gives you an indicator that he was not a very faithful, a very faithful servant. But uh, point number two that I'm talking about here is, why does prayer take so long to be answered is failure to follow instructions. Failure to follow instructions. Because the thing is this. When you spend time praying, you spend time praying, and you're asking God to do something. Maybe it is a healing or it is a, a financial visitation 
or it is a healing of your marriage, or it is a restoration of a broken marriage, or it is a ministry opening. You've been praying for something, especially if you've been praying for something for quite some time. Uh, the pattern that God has said always is, God is going to give you an instruction of what you need to do. If you obey that instruction, you're going to see a breakthrough. If you don't obey that instruction, you, you will miss it. You will miss it. Uh, when you look at the way that Jesus prayed, Jesus Christ prayed for people different ways. All the miracles that were performed, he performed them differently. He dealt with people differently. When he met with Bartimaeus, he opened his eyes, direct like this, opened them, you know. But when he met with this man in the book of John chapter 9, what, 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 he, he got soil, mixed it, and put it on the eyes of the blind man and told him to go to the pool of, uh, was it the, which, which, which pool was it? Was it Bethsaida? Siloam. To go to Siloam and wash his face from there. That was an instruction. And the instruction was specifically go to that particular pool. You know? Now, the man could have said, come on. When you healed Bartimaeus, you didn't ask him to go to the pool. Why are you asking me to go to the pool? His healing was locked up in the secret of following an instruction that had been given. If he didn't follow that instruction he would not have the healing. And, you know, that happens to, to all of us, whether we are students at our school, uh, the, the, our teachers teach us in class, they give us instruction. If we follow those instructions, we are going to excel in our studies, you know. If we don't follow those instructions, then most likely we may not be able to make it. And the thing about God's instructions, why the instructions of God are so confusing is because... God usually speaks to us very, very, very important message in a very, very, very simple way. <laughs> there is no drama about it. Eh? God does not speak like this. Dun, 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 dun. This is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and there is lightning. If if he spoke like that, everybody would listen. <laughs> everybody would listen. Actually, if God ever speaks to you in a loud voice, don't even boast about it. It means you are rebellious. If God speaks to you in a loud <laughs> in a loud voice, it's like if I ask my son, maybe, please, please bring me some water. And the son says, okay, and doesn't bring the water. Say, hey, please, bring me some water. 
And he says, okay, and he doesn't bring the water. The third time, what will I say? Hey, please, can you bring the water? So my son cannot boast and say, my father spoke to me in a very loud voice. <laughs> no. If God speaks to you in a loud voice, there's, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> you are not hearing. That is, that, that is one of the most amazing things that I've learned about God. He speaks messages that are true. And when God speaks to you, he's not going to tell you, come on, listen, listen, listen. My son, my daughter, listen, listen. This is very, very, very important. Whatever God says is important. So he will never tell you, now what I'm going to say is very important. No. <laughs> Everything that God says is important. <laughs> so, so, I mean, to me, actually, that, that it amazes me. You know, when I met my wife, I just, I entered church like this, and I saw a beautiful lady coming. Oh, my wife is beautiful. Woo! Hallelujah. I just love to watch her. She's beautiful. I saw her entering, and the voice of God spoke to me, that's your wife. And another voice told me, supposing she's engaged to another man. That was a demonic voice. But anyway, I said in my heart, I'll bind that relationship. <laughs> I can imagine a, a, a very simple voice. The voice of God is so simple that you may think it is your thoughts. In fact, one of the ways that God speaks to you so much is through your thoughts. You know, some of you say, oh, I've been praying, I now need to sleep so that God can talk. <laughs> Your God only speaks when you're sleeping. <laughs> no, God speaks always, you know. One of the continuous ways I've learned that the Lord speaks to me is through thoughts. He drops a thought. And if I give attention to that thought, he drops details. You know? And then God just told me, that's your wife. And I responded to that voice and I, I realized, oh my goodness, I love this lady. I, I believe God will not tell you, this is your wife if you don't love her. If the love is not there, he must, in the process of time, impart it over you. So, failure to follow instructions makes prayer to take a long time to be answered. We began another campus, you know, two years ago, uh, just outside the city. And we needed, we needed money, you know. To, we put up a tent there. Then we put up tiles. It's, 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 it's a big auditorium. But we did not, I mean, we needed a lot of money to set up that, that place. And we exhausted all our resources. People gave and gave and gave and gave. And 
we could not be able to finish that tiling and put in place the things that we needed, the, the sound system and so on. And yet uh, our annual prayer summit was coming and we had decided we were going to use that auditorium for the annual prayer summit. And so I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, release the money. Money, come forth. Zaga, 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 zaga. Money, wherever you are, hear my voice. I'm calling you now. Come, come. Hallelujah. You know, when we pray for money, we pray seriously. <laughs> we command money from the north, the south, east, west. Come. If you can grow wings, fly and come over here. Shabagada, bagada, bagada. Raise your hand and say, fire. Come on, I don't hear you. The way you're saying fire, it's like you take one week without saying fire. Say fire. fire. Say fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire. So we're praying for money. I was calling money, money, come forth, money. Money was not coming. <laughs> praying for money, money, calling it. Then one day on Sunday service, we finished our Sunday. Just we were about to say the grace. An old man came into the church. He's one of the intercessors of Kenya. He's been in the ministry like for 60 something years. I think he's 80 now. So he marches in. So, oh, I, I welcomed him. I told him, oh, thank you so much for coming. He said, you know, <clears throat> I, my son, I just passed over here to say hi to you people. I'm coming from a service somewhere. So I felt I should pass here and say hi. So I told him, come on, just pray for us and bless us. And so he prayed, blessed, the, blessed us. And after that, we went to my office. We had some drinks with him. And then uh, he said, now it's my time to go. So I took him out of the office to see him off. And he had come with a very beautiful car, maroon car, very nice. So I, I told him, wow, pastor, you have, what a nice car that you have. It is so beautiful. I really like this car. And he told me, oh, hmm, do I have a car? I don't have a car. This is Wuba. <laughs> do, do you have Uber here? Do you have Uber? So he told me it is Wuba. I said, oh, okay. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Give him your car. I said, ah. Oh. No, no. <laughs> no. No, no, absolutely no. And, uh, and, you know, it was just, it was not boom, 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 boom. Now give him your car. Just that silent, you know, still voice that comes without drama. It usually moves from your spirit inside. And it comes. And at times it just passes your mind like a thought. And I said, okay. So as I'm just, you know, 
saying no in my heart. There were cars which were parked there, and my car was there. I had uh, somebody had blessed me with a, a nice car. I, I love these high cars. You know, I am tall. I don't like these short. You know, Pastor Chris told me he likes the short ones. <laughs> but for my height, if I, I drive those short ones, it's like I'm squatting. So, I, <laughs> I like, I really like high cars. I like high cars. Uh, uh, Four-wheel drive, because when you go to the, to, to the rural areas, you, you cannot get stuck. And they are, generally, they are comfortable, because I love driving long distances, you know? Well, uh, we, we, I really wanted us to go by road to Mombasa, <laughs> but some of the, <laughs> the bishops are senior. <laughs> they say, no, 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 no. That will be torture for us. <laughs> because it is uh, about 500 kilometers, and for Kenyan roads, that's about eight hours. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, someone had blessed me with a, you know, a nice car, uh, you know, a Toyota here. I, mean, I really liked it. Uh, I used to wash that car, wash it, wash it, you know, bless it, anoint it, anoint it. <laughs> you know, I, I like taking care of, of my car when I have it. I wash it, I, you know, perfume it and do everything. And so the Lord is telling me, give it out. I struggled. In fact, so my car was there. Then this pastor... He doesn't even know my car. Of all cars which were there, he said, oh, whose car is this? It is really beautiful. <laughs> I said, oh, no. Oh, no, no. Don't go that way in my heart. Then I said, why did I even ask him about his car? So, you know, I, I didn't even want to, con you know, I told him, okay, God bless you, pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, he got into the car and he left, you know. But, you know, I lost peace. I lost, let me tell you, child of God, when the Lord tells you to do something and you rebel, you lose your joy. You lose your joy. Every time the Lord gives you an instruction to do something and you don't do it, what happens? The spirit of heaviness comes over you. Yeah. You, you, you don't experience the joy of the Lord. When you obey, it may be a painful decision, but you will experience God's joy. So, uh, that evening I, I drove that car, I was going back home. But no joy. I could feel like the car was even telling me, I'm not yours, you know. <laughs> so I drove it the next day, you know, I was driving it, washing it, but I'm not having joy. So I said, okay. I'm going to ask my wife. My wife had gone to Malaysia, she was not around. So I said, anyway, I need to ask her. And I just pray to God that she says no. <laughs> because two people cannot walk together unless they agree. So we have to agree, you know. 
So I told my wife, I called my wife. I told her, you know, God told me to give her the car. She said, are you sure? I said, yes. Are you sure? I said, yes. Have you prayed about it? I said, yeah, I heard the voice of God. Then she said, why are you holding on to the car? <laughs> so I gave out the car. I gave it out. I called the man of God. I said, please come. He came, I gave it out. And when I gave out that car, it was like something that was so heavy on me was released. When I gave the car, two weeks after that, all the money that we needed to tile the entire auditorium came. Supernaturally. Somebody was touched. People were touched in the congregation and other people, they are not in our congregation, but from Kenya, they were tired up and they just sowed. And we did we got the sound and um, quite a number of things that were needed. Then somebody, I think in the third week, somebody came and gave a car. And, uh, to, you know, I, I, I gave that car to, you know, one of um, uh, my associate pastors. But before the year ended, because that was in August, last, uh, July last year, the Lord had blessed me with a better car. But also, the Lord blessed, uh, we have a children's uh, home, we have a school, and we have been praying for God to give a bus to carry the children. And God touched somebody to buy a brand new bus for the, for the children's home. I mean, God performed so many miracles. Actually, God answered many prayers, things that we had been praying, I'd been praying about and praying about and praying about just by following an instruction. Praise the Lord. So, child of God, I, one reason why many times prayer takes so long to be answered is failure to obey. You pray and you pray and, you pray and God gives you an instruction. You don't do it. It could be an instruction, wake up at four in the morning and pray. You know, wake up. You find yourself at four, you have no sleep. You're just turning and turning. God is speaking, wake up and pray. The devil cannot wake you up to pray. He will want you to sleep. It could be a simple instruction, maybe get on a two days fast or three days fast. And you say, oh my goodness. And you know when you, every time you, the Lord leads you to fast is, is the time when everybody wants to buy you food. <laughs> everybody wants to take you out <laughs> for a meal. And uh, the, the things about God is you cannot always say, I will do the, I will do the instruction anytime. No. Every instruction has a time limit. It has a time limit. And you will not experience the, the fruit of the instruction until you obey. I want you to pray for your ears, that your ears will be sharp to hear what the Lord is saying. Can you touch your ears? Pray for them. Pray for them. Just open your mouth and pray in the Spirit. Ramashaka Rabagaraya. Ramakasaka Ramashandarabagadas. 
Rama Kasoko Sakarama. Father, anoint, anoint our ears to hear what you're saying. Rama Kabrakato Zanda Makayataya. Rima Shanda Bagado Samako Brekataya. Open your mouth and just speak in the spirit. Come on. Rama, pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Everybody, pray in tongues. Roshaka Bagadai. Makara Mashanda Bagadai. Rama Kosaka Rabakataya. Rama Kashaka Rabakatoza. Bako Brekato. Zandaya Kataya. Bako Brekataya. Rama Shanda Bakarama Sandaya. Mako Rashata Bakarama. Roshata. Rema, 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 Rema. Oh Lord, teach us to hear. Makasa Kataya. Romoshanda Bakabre Katoza. Oh Lord, Ramakandu. Open our spiritual ears. Open our spiritual ears. Open our spiritual eyes so that we can see the way you see. Oh, Zaga, 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 Ramakarabashanda Bagadaya. Rimaka posaka rabakataya. Roshama karabakatanda rabagadaya. Rimashanda bakaprikatoza. Ramakaramashanda bagadaya. Oh, Zayamayataya. Rama. Shama kataya. Rema kataya. Roshamagada. Everybody, open your mouth. Pray in the spirit. Come on. Pray, 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 pray. Rama Shama Kataya. Roshama Katoza Makate Bibi. Hey, Zaga Zaga Zaganda. Roshama Kataya. Roshama, Roshama, Roshama. Roshama, Roshama, Roshama. Hey, Zaga Zaga. Hey, Zaga Zaga. Roshakayaba. Mato sante baka brekato siana magadela. Oh Jesus, stir up our hearts, stir up our hearts. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, raise your hand and say, Father, open my ears to hear your voice and help me. To obey your instructions in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have seen, you know, two years ago, we hosted uh, Cindy Jacobs. She came in our, in our, in our annual prayer summit. And... Uh, Cindy Jacobs, you know, every country she goes to, she meets the president or the deputy president and so on. And so she told me to organize a meeting uh, with the deputy, to meet the president or the deputy president. I personally never had any connection. And I tried to use my friend pastors to organize these meetings. We wrote so many letters, there was no response. So I just decided to pray. And I told the Lord, Lord, you know, have your way. If it is your will, Make it happen. If it is not, it is okay. I am traveling from Singapore, going back to Nairobi. I am in the plane. And, uh, you know, we, we, we go to Dubai, so we leave Dubai. We, we are going, and I'm telling the Lord. Now, it is one week to the meeting. 
And there's no appointment which has been set, no open door. And uh, I just told the Lord, Lord, you know, let, let your will be done. I've done, we've done everything like for the last six months trying to get this appointment. We've written letters. There is no response from State House. Then I see a man of God in the plane. And I say, hey, this man of God looks like somebody I know. I've seen him somewhere. I, I, I'd always seen this man on TV. He's called Mike Murdoch. Do you know Mike, do you know Mike Murdoch? He's from the U.S. He preaches so much on wisdom. He's on, on Trinity Broadcasting Station, on Desta TV, and so on. So, when I saw him, <coughs> I went to him and, oh, praise the Lord, how are you? You, you are coming to Kenya. He said, yes, I'm coming to Kenya. Da, 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 we talked. Now, as we are talking with him, the Holy Spirit gives me an instruction, which was weird instruction. He gives me an instruction to give him money, to bless him with $300. I said, really? <laughs> this guy is too wealthy. <laughs> he is wealthy. I, know he is, I don't know how many jets he has. He's, he's wealthy. I mean, I, in my heart, I said, he's the one who's supposed to be giving me money. <laughs> I say that in my heart. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what one is $300? Anyway, I obeyed and I gave him the money. And he said, wow, God bless you so much. He was so excited. Uh, not because of the money, but he told me, I was invited to come to Kenya to preach in a church. That's where I'm going. I asked the Lord to give me a confirmation about this trip and there was no confirmation. God never spoke to me when I was in the U.S. Even when I was boarding the plane, I told the Lord, please give me a sign on the plane that you want me really to be in Kenya. And this money you've given me is the sign. I really thank God. I'm so happy. So we, we landed in, uh, in Nairobi and... Uh, Everybody got out of the plane. We remained there. He was talking to me so much. He, he has a lot of wisdom. And he operates in wisdom. They call him, you know, the Solomon of this generation. So, he, he, we were speaking so much. We remained two of us in the plane. And the air hostess came and said, hey, come on, guys. Get out of the plane. <laughs> so, anyway, finally, we, we, <clears throat> we got out with his team. So, we got out. He was holding me. Now, when we come out of the plane... Who has come to receive him? The wife of the deputy president of Kenya is at the airport to come and receive him. And so, because we came out, he was holding me, they thought I am part of his team. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, because we were talking, and so we arrived there. I met the wife of the deputy president. She's a, such, she's a, she's a very, very strong Christian. And, um, the, the, of course, the security details were there, and so on and so on. And then, through that, we connected. And I told her, come on, Cindy Jacobs is coming, and she wants to meet with you. I said, are you sure Cindy Jacobs is coming? I know Cindy Jacobs. She prophesied over me and my husband Many years ago, I really want to come for that meeting. And so, that gave the connection. And from there, one thing led to another. The meeting began. She came and attended the meeting. 
Then she came back the second day. And then that day at night, she called me and she said, I've talked to my husband, the deputy president of Kenya. He, he wants to meet with Cinder Jacobs. Can you come with her tomorrow for breakfast? So the next day we went and had breakfast with the deputy president. And that connection was made. And, you know, ever since that time, I mean, we are doing a lot of things together. But where did it begin from? I prayed God gave an instruction. I obeyed the instruction. What had taken me seven months to do was in a split of a second settled. Are we together? So tell your neighbor, obey instruction. Many times God speaks through your pastors and tells you, come on, set up a family altar. And you don't know it is the Holy Spirit who is speaking. Because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your children. But God is not going to come here and stand here and say, pum, 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 pum. I am the one speaking now. Thou shalt set up a family altar. <laughs> no. No. If God did that, even the most rebellious would obey. Point number two. I'll finish with this one. There's so much, but let me finish with this one, then we pray. Why does prayer take long to, to be answered? Uh, uh, that's point number three. Failure to understand the magnitude of the problem. Failure to understand the magnitude of the problem. Or you can call it failure to understand the weight of the matter. Because not all issues carry the same weight. No. No. Different situations require different spiritual firepower. Now, <laughs> Elisha told Gehaz, take the rod and go and put it on the child and the child will come back to life. The Bible says that when Elisha, when Gehaz went, put that rod upon the child, the child never came back. Never came back to life. Why? Because I believe that Elisha should have used that rod to heal people from sicknesses. And from bondages. Gehaz must have seen miracles happen using that rod. But the magnitude of the problem that we are talking about, this was not an ordinary problem. This was a, a child who is dead. And how long had he died? Almost two days. Because from Shunem to the mount of the Lord where Elisha was, it is 52 kilometers. And he went, the woman went there using a donkey. And you know donkeys have the anointing of slow motion. <laughs> donkeys, oh my God. Donkeys walk so slowly. If your business is growing at the speed of a donkey, You are in trouble. When I was studying in school, there were some children who were moving at a donkey speed. In Australia, do children repeat classes? They repeat. Oh, everybody here passes. 
Something when they repeat class one, repeat class two, repeat class three, repeat class four. What took us seven years? It took them 14 years. Donkey. I pray for you people, you will not get any refers in your exams. You will just pass and pass and pass. No complimentary exams, praise the Lord. Those supplementaries, you just chop. The donkey. <laughs> and you know, that's why. I, some people, even when they are coming to church, they come with a donkey speed. <laughs> when they are going to pray rugby, they go with the speed of a horse. They are going to work very fast. But church, Sunday, ah. Tell your neighbor, get out of that. Get out of that. <laughs> it took them one whole day to travel and one whole day to come back. The child had died for two days. This child was not sick. The child was dead. So though the road had some power, the magnitude of the problem, that road could not deal with death. It needed a higher level of anointing. That is where the problem is. You find people, you are battling with the cancer. Cancer is not a headache. Cancer is strong. It is a more strong sickness. Even in medical terms, when you have cancer, you, they give you very strong painkillers. You go for chemotherapy or, you know, whatever. Oh, what is it called? Radio or what? Your radiation. You go for something that is more stronger. You, you don't go for a, a, something that is, because cancer, a headache, can even disappear by itself, but not cancer. So, in, even in spiritual dynamics, we have to understand that all problems don't carry the same magnitude. Certain situations require higher spiritual firepower. But you find people, some people are praying about something that is so serious, and they pray like this. Give me some chocolate. <laughs> they putting on the television. Oh Lord, heal that person of cancer in the name of Jesus. Arsenal is playing Manchester. <laughs> Oh, Lord, revive Australia, revive Australia. This is the southern land of the Holy Ghost. Revive Australia, revive Australia. Bring me McDonald's there. <laughs> really? You're praying for weighty matters. And, you, you, and you're just praying very simple. Very simple. You're, you are seated on your, on your bed. You know, some of you like to pray from your bed and you put the pillow at the back. <laughs> and you begin to pray, oh, rakasamaka. Then you go to sleep. <laughs> then you wake up. After <laughs> you wake up after 45 minutes. Oh, I was supposed to be praying. Raise your hand and say, fire. 
Say fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless you, girl. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You cannot pray for weighty matters like that. Let me finish with this demonstration. Time is gone because I want to lead you in some prayer. 